At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey, everybody. On this week's Apathetic Enthusiasm, we do a Christmas recap. We talk about Netflix binge-watching to include Bandersnatch, Bird Box, and Seven Days Out. We talk about Switch Online and the games we were playing over the last couple months. And then finally, we wrap the whole thing up with more D&D noobs on this episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon. And welcome back to Apathetic Enthusiasm. Welcome. Ha- Happy New Year. It's a new year, new pod. That that's is us. New that's, podcast. That, that's right. Uh, this is the first episode of our new season of this show. As, as you know, if you've, if you've ever listened to this show before, Apathetic Enthusiasm, you know that we do a season-based podcast, and, <laughs> and each new season brings... Great new content for your listening enjoyment. Yeah, we're excited to do things completely different uh, and and not follow any of our previous formats. Uh, and and with that in mind, uh, let's cover the ways that you can contact the this podcast. <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's talk about social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at Apathusiast. I am at Juggalmino. He is at Steve the Heb. That's right. Fa- Facebook.com slash Apathetic Enthusiasm Show. That's right. If you want to follow us on Facebooks. Uh, Instagram is apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Don't forget that underscore. Don't forget it. Y- you wouldn't want to do that. It's easy to forget. <laughs> it's hard to miss. Uh, <laughs> email is apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com. You can find this podcast and everything else that we do uh, content wise over at apathetic enthusiasm.com. And you can support this show over at patreon.com slash Rick and Morty pod, where if you feel like in your heart, you want to give uh, a financial gift. Um, it's too late for end of year giving. That's so, right. so why not? Why not just start off now? Maybe one of your resolutions was to support podcasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lo- you can do that at Patreon. Local and distant indie podcast. If that is your uh, resolution, we have a fantastic way to help you fulfill that. As Travis also, just mentioned. also, if that's your resolution, like. Hit a, send us an email. I want I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit about how you <laughs> landed on like like I just I just picture them. It's like eleven fifty. They're they're standing in the corner of some New Year's Eve party. You know they they've got their they've got their little champagne in hand, like mm-hmm. ready for ready for the countdown. And they're like, ah, twenty nineteen. It's this gonna be it. different this year. I'm gonna <laughs> I gotta I gotta do something different. I gotta get my life straight. What? What am I going to do with these piles and piles of money? Uh, I guess 
I guess it's, I guess it could support random podcasts. Honey, honey, <laughs> have, have we have we donated to a podcast lately? Oh, yeah. oh no, dear we we certainly <laughs> have talked about it a lot. That's that's next year's resolution is getting rid of your voice. <laughs> is there a, do, are there voice implants? Because oh boy. You know, you don't fall in love with someone's voice. You fall in love with a person, Brandon. <laughs> and you should know this because you have that voice. I, I have this one. <laughs> I, should, I should know that. Hey, uh, before we get into uh, really our, our main topics, let's just real quickly recap. What, what, uh, what is the main thing you got for Christmas this year? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I should know this. Uh, it you wasn't that long ago. You put ago. this on the list. <laughs> I did. I, well, I, was, I did put Xmas recap, and we could put a loot list on there. I, I mean, if, if I'm just going to go off the first thing I see, yeah. uh, it is this turntable directly to my left. Uh, so now I can play records. Um, I received a Bluetooth turntable and a copy of Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. hey Um. So, uh, and I was... I was outside of a record store today um, waiting in line for hipster ice cream. And I really badly wanted to go inside and get some, get some vinyl to uh, spin on this bad boy. But it was like 40 degrees. Yes, we were waiting for ice cream outside in 40 <laughs> degree weather, uh, but it's delicious ice cream. So uh, I'm excited to use that a little bit more. Uh, what was like the main thing? You know, you know, my recommendation for for new vinyl is Travis is go to a th- a thrift store or go to an antique store. Go to those places uh, because that's where you're going to find some of those those rare cuts. Uh, mm. And if you go to like cuts. best, and if you go to a Best Buy or any or Barnes and Noble or any like chain place or even that hipster place, I'm sure where you can buy records. You're gonna be spending like 20, 30 bucks on on a single. Yeah, album. they're gonna mark them up. Oh yeah, yeah. This this dark side of the moon, uh, I can tell Sheena probably forked out a pretty penny for, and like I think she bought it at like Target or something, so it was probably like thirty bucks or something. Um, but that's a that is a good tip, Brandon. I I have I drive past the thrift store like every day on my way to work, so I should should pop in and check it out. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll probably get a lot of like baron von johnson's classic uh melodies yeah i just rock i just rock some classical down here you know get my mind right you you get get a lot of that that stuff uh but every once in a while like the last place i went to i got uh a carol oh damn it i can't remember her name is Carol Burnett. <laughs> Carol Burnett. No, I just, I got Carol Burnett. Not even the record. She was, she was there she was, on sale. She was like. selling stuff. <laughs> like, look at I, I I'm not in comedy, but I do lots of Pinterest home <laughs> crafts. Anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, uh, the the main thing that uh, I've been nerding out about is something that we got as like a family gift, and it was an LED projector. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been having some epic movie nights and playing like Smash Brothers and Mario Party projected up on a blank wall in my house. Yeah, and it is working tremendously. I I know that some projectors like have had like lag and stuff where it makes it hard to game on them. Yeah, but this thing has worked pretty much perfectly right out of the box. I've had zero issues with it so far, and it kind of makes me wonder why I didn't buy one years ago because 
yeah, I uh, I'm really enjoying it. What about what about you, Brandon? Did you get anything cool this Christmas? I did get cool stuff this Christmas, but my list is decidedly smaller than yours. I got some cool stuff. I got a new microphone that that was good. Um, I got a, my buddy bought me this this picture that's hanging up above my head. It's like a it's a pickle Rick. But the, the the cool thing about it is the way that art is done is I guess the guy paints it or or colors it on like a block of wood, and then he takes the wood and then he he presses it onto the the paper like, like an old school like an old school print making sort of yeah sort of I, I think so I think so um so uh, yeah that that that's pretty cool I, I got that, that you you sent me a picture it's harder to see in like the video or whatever but um the picture you sent me it looks really awesome and it's one of those things as far as like like we both have uh maybe too much rick and morty swag maybe um at at this point but it's a really unique piece of like rick and morty memorabilia and the fact that it's custom done and it 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 has a different artistic look to it uh i thought that was i thought it was really cool looking yeah i i agree i agree with that um other than that you know i got i got some socks I got <clears throat> so a little bit here and there. The, the thing about the thing about Christmas is, uh, is I, I'm I make the money, so I pretty much buy the things I want to buy when I want to. But here's uh, here's a problem: is after after Christmas, I, was, I said to myself, "All right, let me let me go let me go buy something for myself for Christmas." And I have a, a laundry list of things I want to buy, and I just have not bought them yet. Because I'm like, I I want to buy a Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. Yep. And every time I, I go to Target, I look at them and I say, not today. So, you know what I've done is all of those items, because I, I feel like most of us have those items. It's like, it'd be really nice to have that thing. But I don't feel like spending the money on it right now. <laughs> uh, those things I drop in a... Uh, specified wish list on amazon called gift ideas for travis wink wink that is the official <laughs> list name uh maybe we'll make it publicly available if you guys want to if you listeners want to buy me a gift um but yeah so like tons of stuff that i would like to have but i'm just it's not something i need or it's not something that you know i i feel any urgency to go out and purchase for myself I just throw stuff in there, and then anytime someone's like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? I send them the link. And I try to make the list diverse enough uh, price-wise so yeah. that there's no like expectation from someone where it's like, well, you got to spend at least $250 because <laughs> everything Travis likes is expensive. Um, yeah, and so like, there's like some there's some like comics in there. There's like all kinds of random stuff, but... Uh, it has really made gift. gift giving between me and Sheena like so much easier because she just goes and looks at the list and she's like, oh, I know everything on here is something he'll be happy to get. <laughs> and I'm I am working on training her to to keep her own list populated like that uh, so that I because there were a few things that she had on, a, on an Amazon list this year made it super easy. The only the only difficulty, Brandon, mm-hmm. is a shared Prime account on Amazon. Yeah, means if you order something on Amazon, the other person knows about it right away. That's absolutely right. Uh, that's why I said to Chelsea, 
uh, if you order me something, I know that you got me something because I get <laughs> I get the texts the same as you. Uh, so just around around gift giving time, I I tend to if if I see Amazon on the on the vibration of the notification, yeah, I'm like, okay, don't it's look, like, don't look at it. Swipe away, swipe don't it away. It. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Yeah. So so lots of time off. I don't, I I had uh, a lot of family come through town over the holidays and uh got got to slow down a little bit, take some time off from work, some time off from podcasting, and that opened up uh a lot of free time to really focus on, you know, the important things and um get Friends, some things done around the house and family and basically binge watch Netflix for <laughs> for about two weeks. Uh, so we actually have several things uh, that came out recently on Netflix that at least warrant a conversation. Yes. And uh, the first one of those is something that you uh, made sure I watched. That's right. And it, it was something that I had heard about. I had heard the rumblings like online about. And then my brother-in-law brought it up when he was in town. And we it, finally watched it last it, week. It, absolutely. And that, of course, is Godfather 3, which I watched <laughs> Godfather, uh, and then I watched Godfather 2, and I'd never seen Godfather 3 uh, because a lot of people have said had, had said, don't watch 3, don't waste your time with 3. It's awful because Sofia Coppola is an awful actress, and it's just, it's just not as good as the first two. And so I, I, I stayed away from it. I stayed away from it. But you know what? I watched one and two, and I said, three is on Netflix, too, uh, until the 1st of January. I better check this out. And I got to say, Sofia Coppola is not the worst actress I've ever seen, but that movie is a solid closure to the Corleone family movie cinema escapade adventure. <laughs> yeah, and that, then that was exactly what I was talking about. And right so now. you watched it. You watched it then. No, I didn't because <laughs> I, I went to go watch it on January 2nd and I was like, ah, it's too late. Every time. I guess I'll have to watch Bandersnatch instead. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a solid uh, uh, substitute for that. Uh, yeah, so Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror kind of uh, hour and a half long movie-esque, which isn't season four, but it will go into, I think it's season four uh, or season five. It's it's basically the in between the seasons for Black Mirror, but this is the yeah. this kind of movie, and the the really maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but it is a choose your own adventure on Netflix narrative based adventure escapade, etc. 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 Did you, I have to ask before we get too in depth on Banner Snatch itself? Did you ever read Choose Your Own Adventure books as a kid? Absolutely. Who didn't read Choose Your Own Adventure books? In fact, I have a Gravity Falls Choose Your Own Adventure book in my library that I have yet to read with with the kid. <laughs> I I went to one of those like craft fair type things uh, with my family and forced my daughter to buy uh, two of the old Choose Your Own Adventure books, which she has not read because. She is afraid of anything that is even slightly like mystery related. <laughs> uh, sorry to, th to throw you under the bus there, Allie. But uh, yeah, it's I, I loved those books as a kid. And I not only 
like would read through them once to find like one adventure, but I would read through copies of them like numerous times to, to, to read the other potential outcomes and, and how the story could change. Um, I think, I think that was like a go-to like school library selection for me because <laughs> you'd have them for like a week and you could like read through a bunch of options and then just go get another one. Right. 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 But I, I loved that idea that you could, you know, have some sort of buy-in into the the story that you're reading and and help like make decisions for the characters. Maybe that's part of why I enjoy um certain types of games and stuff too. But the the idea of doing that cinematically uh, I think is really interesting and something that you can't necessarily participate in in a theatrical experience. It's it's really something that is best suited for the streaming media sort of thing like Netflix. Right. Yeah. And to have a choose your own adventure narrative in a movie theater is you'd have to, you'd have to do like, did you ever watch love connection when you were a kid? Did you ever? I mean, I'm familiar with love (laughs) connection, but I didn't like, grab the popcorn and sit down and watch it a whole lot. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is just too obscure a reference, especially for anybody who's below the age of 36. <laughs> uh, but love connection. It was a dating show, uh, hosted by Chuck Woolery. Be back in five and five. Uh, in classic these, these, uh, the person, the contestant would go on a date with three different people. And then I, th- I think, and then, then the, the three different people would talk about their dates and then the audience would vote on who they think is the the best person, the for, best couple. Yeah, the best like the, the best, best person pairing. to be yeah. with the the couple. Yeah. Um. So if you're gonna have it in the movie theater, it would have to be like that, where you you get like a minute, like okay, vote on which direction you want him to. Do you want him to have the the cheesy poofs or the sugar or pop? the sh- sugar bombs? Yeah, like they that's. That same, like, I picture the the controller that has, like, um, it's almost like the old, like, Atari controllers or whatever yeah. they were. where like, where, like it's got, Yeah, it's got, like, the cutouts and it's, like, this bad plastic you press <laughs> in on. Um, it's probably how people voted for America's Funniest Home Video winners, like, in studio audiences and stuff. Yeah. You could make it happen. You could, Brandon. You could. But, like, the infrastructure is just not there. You'd have to <laughs> renovate the theater. You know, it's... There's a lot of overhead. You'd have to. Net- Netflix is already positioned for this. However, <laughs> I will say the first attempt to watch Bandersnatch, I loaded it up on my Apple TV, my go-to device for watching oh. Netflix on my television, and it was not an approved device. I was going to ask about I was going to ask about that. Uh, well, I wasn't going to ask about it. I was going to bring that point up about the Apple TV's not working for it. And guess what? You you did, and you were you were affected by it. That's great. Yeah, no, I it liked, wasn't great. I really liked the show. It, uh, it wasn't <laughs> great because I ended up having to grab the laptop, and Sheena and I sat next to a laptop and watched Bandersnatch. Oh, that's great! Um, what a you know, bringing you closer together. That's what Black Mirror is all about. Absolutely, bringing us closer to technology and the Black Mirror that is a laptop <laughs> sitting between us. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting because in in a show that's all about giving uh, a unique user experience, 
uh, and everyone's experience is a little bit different because of the choices they make. Uh, I got to see that firsthand where I got to choose to use a non-compatible device and see a bit of video that someone that had, who had gone into it with just a compatible device, they may not have ever seen it. So I feel like I've gone even deeper into the, uh, the mysteries that is Bandersnatch <laughs> the uh, by watching the, sorry, your device is not compatible and <laughs> maybe, try maybe, one of these devices. Maybe that was one of the choices and you, you lost just by nature <laughs> of having the wrong device. That's right. Uh, but speaking of, of endings, uh, Bandersnatch does have a few, uh, we don't want to ruin it for, for anyone, but Needless to say, a lot of them are all depressing, and it doesn't really matter because it's a Black Mirror episode. It is a Black Mirror episode, after all. Everything uh, but is pessimistic. It is really cool um, that they filmed a whole lot of material and then gave us, the viewers, the power to uh, sort of control what happens. I like that if you maybe end a little bit quickly with some of the decisions you make. They, they automatically give you the option to go back and try some other routes. Um, if not, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but essentially it is, it is takes place in 1984 and it is about a young programmer who is trying to create a video game Bandersnatch based on a book that he read, which was a choose your own adventure book. So he's trying to create a choose your own adventure game. And, uh, Everything ties in really well together, and there's some really cool twists that are pretty distinctly Black Mirror, if you ask me. Uh, so I don't know. I think I, I thought it was a great experience. Did did you enjoy? I don't know participating in Bandersnatch. I I did. I like. Uh, we we mentioned before. I like the choose your own adventure aspect of it. I uh, I enjoyed it more than than Chelsea did. She she didn't enjoy it as much as I I thought she was. She's like ah, oh, it's kind of tedious after a while but uh there it reminded me of the game and we talked about it a long time ago until dawn which is like a choose your own adventure-esque game but horror horror game and yeah. and she i mean we we love that um I, uh, it, it, it feels a little like um what's the company that just folded uh um, the that, games where where you where you have to like hit hit a button. Um, uh, no. <laughs> a game where you have to hit the, 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 the games that are totally on rails, like the 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 Minecraft games, and then like the oh Batman Telltale, game. Telltale, yeah. Um, it, it almost felt a little like a Telltale game at times, where like you're you're watching the story, and then oh, they're giving me a choice. For what reason? Maybe none, but just to remind me that i'm somehow involved in this process yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 give it to, i'll give it to bandersnatch for this compared to telltale telltale really they gave you that illusion that your choice would have some kind of impact on the ending and but really no matter what at the end of each game you kind of just end at the same place but with almost superficial differences yeah right uh, yeah i'd agree whereas whereas bandersnatch there are definite different endings and i think it's like a secret easter egg ending but um yeah i th i think it's cool they did you, you mentioned the filming a lot of content to give us these different endings and different pathways supposedly they filmed like four or five hours of 
of additional footage that we'll never see. Um, wow. Uh, so I think I think that is cool as well. Yeah, and and just the 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 thought that the the episode or whatever of Bandersnatch that you watched that you experienced is different from what I saw. So we both went and watched it, but I mean the endings you had the 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 some of the some of the story arcs uh they can be totally different and yet it's the same show i i think that netflix may have the potential to you know kind of run with this concept and maybe this was a good test bed because i mean black mirror is a a, a good area to to try it out in but this this could be something that netflix tries uh in in other ways maybe with some some like kids programming or something and and it gives them a unique advantage uh just by virtue of being a streaming service i i think i think and i'm i may be mistaken i think they've already done something with this before with some kids entertainment don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure i've seen uh my kid mess with some kind of uh, children's programming just even even a couple of months ago similarly um All right. but uh i i read an, i caught a glimpse of an article i think it might have been on the verge talking about how this is a great way to data mine uh advertising from people um similar we talk about telltale at the end of each game you see like the percentage of who chose what yeah Net- netflix yeah. can easily say like oh uh, 75 people chose the sugar bombs and like, Oh, there you go. Ooh. All right. All right. This, this next episode brought to you by sugar bombs. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the cereal. Everybody chose, uh, <laughs> but all right. So I, yeah, banner snatch, banner snatch, go, it, go watch it go experience it. Netflix, Netflix can take your information and they could say, you know what? I think people want to see more of things like bird box. Bow, bird box, bird box, bird box, bird box, starring Sandra Bullock, premiered on Netflix uh, over the last couple weeks and has taken the internet by storm. Uh, I don't know why this movie blew up, but uh, I saw it everywhere uh, on social media for about three or four days, and. Sheena was who is very much not a fan of horror or even very suspenseful films. Uh, the the internet peer pressure was so so pointed, so great that that she was like, you know what, we got to watch it. Uh, so I sat down and watched this. Uh, I I sent you a text in the middle of the movie and said, hey, did you watch Bird Box? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you probably watched it the day it came out, and you're like, "Man, it was all right." No, I watched it while I was doing dishes. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. And when you sent me that text, I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" He wants to talk about this on on the podcast. I bet. I bet he does. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we it are. happened. Here we are doing it. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but I mean, let's let's just get make sure we mention it for for the <laughs> SEO, right? Let's, yeah. You gotta gotta ride that train while it's hot. <laughs> gotta us and like billions of other podcasters and bloggers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I watched it. Uh, when I, I think I watched it on New Year's Eve or maybe New Year's Day. In between 
the Twilight Zone marathon running in the background on a, on a different computer, uh, uh, yeah. just to say that I was running it. Oh, got to got to give sci-fi that those Nielsen ratings, so they're convinced to do it over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I I saw some comparisons to Quiet Place, but Bird Box also came out. The book came out before Quiet Place. Comparisons to The Happening, which admittedly I've never seen. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's not the the best movie I've I've seen, but uh, that uh, Miss Congeniality herself, Sandra Bullock, the the Speed Woman herself, she did a, a fantastic job. I thought uh, navigating no, yeah, those I, rapids. I I thought I thought she was good. I thought the premise was interesting. Um, I, there were some, some cool twists throughout, uh, and, 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 and really the, the quality of the film, like easily, easily could have been released in theaters easily. Um, and it's, it's again, a really interesting thing to me that this level of entertainment is being made directly for streaming services. And it in a, in a little bit concerns me about um, the the livelihood of of cinemas and and the movie going experience, because um, because I really don't want to see that die, and I really hope that there's a way that they can keep you know movies like out in big screens and not just constantly like only going direct to you know home video or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've seen some some articles over on Film School Rejects. They talk about uh how oh, I have another side topic uh, um because I mentioned Film School Rejects, but I'll I'll talk about that in a second. Uh but they they talk about how yeah, Bird Box received how many however many millions of views, like 45 million or whatever, and how that compared to like box office ratings and how it's like, "Oh, it's this would have been number one in the box office and in, in all time winning amount of, of of viewers, and they're like, oh, and think about how many people are watching it at a time. Like whole families are probably watching it. So forty five million times, maybe like two. Oh my gosh. Um, but that's not all. That's not considering how many people would actually go to a theater. How many people yeah. are actually finished watching the the film? Like it, that's it's not. It's not translated exactly. It's yeah. It's like comparing Netflix, apples and oranges. Netflix's numbers are a little sketchy because it doesn't necessarily say how many people finished the movie. Apples it's and oranges. How many people streamed it. Apples right. and oranges. I, and I want to talk about this apples and oranges thing, okay? Because when people say, oh, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Well, yeah, they're both fruits. You have a basis of comparison. You have a basis. They're the same <laughs> damn thing, right? So, uh, you know. I I, I say apples I don't, and oranges. I don't, I don't know that you do. Do you eat the skin of an orange? Yeah, you do. You you uh, use it for zest. All right, you're right. I don't. I, I can't. I can't argue with you. Don't fight me on this, Travis. You're gonna. You're gonna uh, lose. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use some <laughs> apple zest the next time I make a cocktail. Um, oh, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I. I. <laughs> I I know for a fact if this had come out in theaters. It would have been a movie that I would have passed on in theaters. Yes, it like the happening. I would have watched. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and 
maybe if it was released in theaters, maybe it would have gotten great reviews. Maybe it wouldn't, but that would have probably directly related to my interest when it did hit a streaming service. Yeah. So I, I think those numbers are also skewed by the fact that if you are a Netflix subscriber, you have already bought your admission ticket. If you've paid your $15 a month or whatever it is, there, there's no risk in trying Bird Box or watching it because you've already paid to see it. So if you turn it on and 10 minutes in, you're like, eh, not for me. Turn it off and watch Ellen DeGeneres' live stand-up <laughs> special or whatever as, whatever it is. As, as, as podcasters, you can, if you have a a service that lets you look when people are actually listening to your episodes and when they're stopping, even on YouTube, you can see, Oh, the average watch time is 10 minutes. Or if you're lucky like us one minute and, (laughs) and then they stop, they stop listening. Uh, I don't think Netflix is necessarily saying counting those numbers and saying, Oh, well they stopped after a minute. Let's not count them as a number. They're saying somebody watched it for a minute. Count them. Yeah. Count them. Skew them numbers, bro. Got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie (laughs) numbers, man. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Bird Box was all right. I thought it was good. It felt, it did feel a lot like a quiet place, except you can't, instead of not being able to talk, you can't see or whatever. Um, And then there's creepy lost monsters rustling around in the bushes or whatever it is. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it was good, but it wasn't like, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I thought, thought it was pretty good. Apples and oranges. Uh, I saw a quiet place in the orange. theater. So, so did I. Yeah. yeah. See, look, there's yeah. the difference. Uh, and, and, you know, in the differences is the reviews for a quiet place were saying it's really, really good. You have to, you should, you should see this film. Whereas if Bird Box came out and it was a theater release, I don't think the reviews would have convinced me to go. Yeah. No, I concur. Also, uh, because we've mentioned A Quiet Place twice, uh, I saw an article uh, the other day about John Krasinski uh, being Jedi mind-tricked into writing A Quiet Place 2. Uh, basically, like Universal or whatever the, the production studio was, approached him and was like, hey, what would the story be for A Quiet Place 2? And he's like, oh, I got some ideas, but I'm not really interested in writing it. And he's like, okay, well, like, just think about it while we talk to some other people. Because, like... <laughs> And and that was enough for him to like write it because he wanted to write his version of it instead of letting these other people write the story for him. And I don't know that the, I I didn't actually read the article uh, <laughs> because I because I because I looked up the article while I was watching Bird Box and then I felt like I should have just watch Bird Box right. Um, but yeah, but basically that he started writing the the sequel because. He got tricked. Anyway, uh, Bird Box out on Netflix. Bird Box. Dun, dun. The, the the last thing we want to talk about on Netflix uh, is a is a is not a movie. It is a show. Well, I guess Black Mirror is a, a show. A docu series. A docu series yeah. called Seven Days Out. And the whole the 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 plot of the series is it takes an event. It goes seven days before the main event, and it follows people who are involved in the event. So the Westminster Dog Show is is an episode I watched. Um, and if you've ever seen the, the Christopher guest film, best in show classic, I love it. Thank you for bringing it up, dude. It's, it is exact. It is that it's, it's almost like they've, 
God loves a terrier. <laughs> it's like they found the people that close closest resembled the folks in Best in Show and just followed them for seven days. Can I tell you how much I love Best in Show? That movie is tremendous. I love a mockumentary to begin with, but just the characters and the stories that they go through, it's just... Uh, if you have not seen Best in Show, please go watch that movie. You have to. If you don't like it, send us an email. Please, let me, I want to talk Stop to you. Stop listening out. <laughs> to our podcast. That is you are no longer welcome here. <laughs> that is our solution for you. Um, okay, so but seven days out. Seven days out. Seven is days out. If you're really interested <laughs> in like process, if you're interested in how big events come together, uh, seeing that sort of how how it's made sort of aspect of things, but it also deals a lot with the stories of the individuals and the people that are involved with these events and what they go through to prepare for the event. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the one that I originally watched, and my sister-in-law, Stacy, she's the one who actually pointed this show out to Chelsea and I. And the reason she brought it up was she was talking about an episode where they talk about a League of Legends uh, championship, the, the North American League championship. And so they did an episode on it. And so she's like, it's just amazing to me just how big this this thing is and and my sister-in-law and her and her husband they're not they're not gamers by any stretch necessarily right and for them to be like whoa this is this is incredible there's this whole world and like oh it's bigger um the like the world championship was bigger than the world series and the super bowl combined according to the uh, i gotta stop you there yeah it was bigger than the World Series and NBA Championship combined. Oh, they 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 very distinctly did not mention the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, and uh, and and I caught that and I and I stored it in my brain for <laughs> for a moment such as this. Um, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. And and esports is an extremely fast growing uh, form of entertainment. Uh, League of Legends is one of the biggest if not arguably the biggest with dota being another huge rival for that and the overwatch league having an amazing first year getting ready for their second season like but to see that behind the scenes aspect of it with like the team managers the team owners the players uh and what they go through seven days before a competition was really cool to see and really really interesting to see just sort of like what their process is getting ready for a huge championship match like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they t talk about owners, uh, Rick Fox from, from the, the Lakers. He's a, he's an owner, uh, yeah. which, which, which is incredible to me and watching him try to interact with the, the kids, <laughs> yeah. the, the players. Yeah. He's just like such a, he's such a dad. <laughs> he is. He totally is. And then the, the general manager for the Houston Rockets, uh, was another, um, like, partial owner of the hundred thieves hundred thieves and that guy is like a whiz gm in the nba so like to see him like sort of shift into this other arena so to speak of Let of, of esports it's it's cool like it's i don't know and it, i feel like all of this adds legitimacy to esports and mm -hmm. sort of 
the fact that it isn't just this closet thing that just you know some nerdy kids are into but it is a it is a has huge potential for um you know mainstream entertainment yeah and rick and rick fox was saying the whole reason he got into it was uh you know he wanted his kid to get into to sports <laughs> like like him and his kid yeah. wanted to play video games and uh, it became a bonding thing for him um so yeah, I, and then his kid got like sponsored and got like a college scholarship yeah. for esports. Yeah, it's cra- crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I want to talk about the, the real quick the personalities. You you talk um, you talk about the 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 coach or the the GM as we mentioned before. You got the players. I want to talk about the hundred thieves GM real quick. That guy, his players don't. They look like they don't like him. In a, yeah, the the owner and like creator yeah. of a hundred thieves, that dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. You know, I don't want to speak ill of the dude, no. but he he's really pushing his brand. Like you can <laughs> yeah. tell, that's really important to him, and you know that's that's good. He's he's clearly focused, and he's at a posi- position where he's he's making things happen, and he's. Uh, he seems like he's successful in it. Like that's that's great. But like when he brings out that box of like oh, white jerseys. pinstripe jerseys, <laughs> and nobody cares about them, like you gotta read the room a little bit. He, 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 like, ta- he takes gotta... he takes them to the 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 clothing store, and he's trying to get he's trying to get kids who who they don't they don't care about the way they're dressed, and he's trying to get them to like get all these these fancy kicks right like oh yeah do this man you want to you want to you want to you want to look the part not only just and i just got god in just the look on their faces is yeah they don't want they're like we just want to hey man isn't this awesome what'd you get i got shoes (laughs) all right cool yeah yeah i don't know it's uh it's it's a good documentary it's it it's a good docuseries it's cool to see uh some of the stuff going on with league of legends uh i think i've played one game of league of legends it was probably it was probably with me uh it might have been it, that may that may be the case yeah the the the, the, the docu- documentary does a good job of, of showing the the game showing the excitement of the game uh obviously because a in a match one match of this game can last 30 minutes to an hour depending right and these are professionals yeah. so it you know probably shies towards 30 40 minute mark the docu series is only an hour episode so they they have to they have to cut a lot of this this time out and uh, so they're they're showing like the like oh oh here's the match oh it's it's getting oh it's all this drama are they gonna take these towers oh they're to the nexus is are they gonna come back and they're they're ramping up the the drama and and the conflict and I'm watching and I'm thinking they they won already they won a long time ago <laughs> like this is this isn't <laughs> there's no coming back from where they are right now yeah they are going to lose like, this match they just. Everything else is a formality at this point. Right. It's it's like when you're watching an NFL game and it's 34 to 10 with with three minutes on the clock. Right. Yeah. This is this mm, is just, good. Just as... running out the clock at this point. Let's <laughs> let's just get let's get to the champagne. Yeah, just, at this point, just surrender. Uh, yeah. 
but anyway very cool uh check it out if you're into esports or league of legends or uh westminster dog shows uh <laughs> all right uh that's it for netflix uh rewatch binge time rewatch remember when you did netflix rewatches i do Bring it back um <laughs> let's 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 stay on the topic of gaming for just a little bit uh along with with the holidays came uh gifts in the way of of switch games uh and and one game that came out over the last couple months that we haven't really talked about uh and that is super smash brothers super smash brother uh and along with that uh my family also got mario party um we've had mario kart so there are a whole bunch of games that have legitimized the the idea of purchasing the switch online uh platform which debuted what end of november beginning december sometime sure around there yeah yeah i don't know it was around there uh (laughs) price points are uh comp are they comparable to yeah xbox i mean it's it's like four bucks a month uh for like a single person and i think maybe like six or seven for family i don't know I I bought I bought a family plan for one year and I want to say it was like 30 40 bucks I think uh, something like that. Yeah, Xbox would be about if you get if you get a deal I like 50 bucks or 60 bucks a yeah. year. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, uh but but essentially what this does is it gives you the ability to play select Nintendo Switch games uh with friends over the internet. And it also gives you an emulated uh, Nintendo Entertainment uh, system with a with a, hand, with so, a handful of games, which I'm assuming they're gonna uh, expand here and there. That'd be awesome. I I feel like that Nintendo emulator probably like at least halves the uh, the like cost for the for the membership for me. Like I feel like the value in that is. It, it take it takes a little bit of the hurt off of spending the money, mm. uh, but then that gives us the option for me to play against you, uh, Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, which we did. Uh, what was that last week? We did, yeah, we last those? week we started off with Mario Party, and Super Mario Party is great. It's a great game, but as far as online goes, it's not that great because. There's only ten mini games that you can play total, out of yeah. a, out of however many games are in the the main, uh, like single play or not single uh, offline experience, and so that yeah. that's kind of that that's a kind of a turnoff because you once you play ten of those over and over again, like okay, well yeah. let's let's go to the, Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, the the other really <laughs> random thing about it is I feel like I think you can only play with online people uh in in that mode which means if if me and my son wanted to play with you and your son we couldn't do that could not do unless we had three uh, like four switch consoles all hooked up all with online mode so again another shortfall uh maybe for the, the the game itself or for the platform maybe they can iron that out maybe they can make some adjustments to it but I don't know. I Mario Mario Party itself. I I still love the game. I feel like this version of Mario Party is, is pretty solid, and 
uh, there, there are some cool new features if you have more than one Nintendo Switch at your disposal um, so that you can play with uh, friends in some interesting new ways. But it's, I feel like Mario Party's always been a good couch co-op sort of type of game that right. you can play with yeah. a group. Uh, so I'm glad that they, they came out with one for, for the Switch. But uh, then, then we switched to Mario Kart, I believe, right? That yes. Was, that was the next that one. Was, that that was part two of our switch online gaming experience um and that i mean that and that was straightforward it, here's uh i don't know if, how i won't segue into it yet but it's going to be talking about the ease of getting into games with other people okay mm-hmm. the so mario kart we started that we did a couple races it pretty straightforward we were on a team uh because i didn't want to i didn't want to compete actually did we I think we did two the, different ones. The first match we played, we raced against each other. And I won. Got it. And then the second time, we were on a team, and then our team won. And that was good, because that way I could... I let you win most of those. Did but, you? Yeah, I just... I stood behind you, and I, like, I drafted you, so I could take all, like, the blue shells for you. Or not blue shells, the red shells. Yeah, sure. You're, you were my you were my hero in that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You you let me win. I'm like I'm like your son. And you let me go ahead of you. That's right. Yeah. And whatever helps you sleep at night. I'm glad. I just. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it, and you you know that that's what I did. There's <laughs> so, t- uh, two, not an, often enough do people recognize how much I do for them. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> After that, we decided to punch each other in the face a little bit, uh, and we played Super Smash Bros. Uh, on the Nintendo Switch, um, another great game, a uh, great version of Smash Brothers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised by how well it worked uh, online. I I think Smash Brothers requires a level of uh, speed and uh, reaction that could be detrimented in in an online platform if if there's any kind of lag or delay and i didn't notice anything like that i, I felt like the game worked pretty well so yeah uh yeah in in I, I played with you i've gone uh after i beat the adventure mode world of light i started playing online and i'd go through reddit and I'd see clips and be like oh, okay oh look oh that's how you do that oh that's a technical Oh, that's how you parry. Got it. So I went. I started playing online, um, and every once in a while, for the most part, it's good. The connection's good, but every once in a while, there's just lag, and it's you know when when you're in a fight and you're like, I'm doing good, but everything is like, hey, oh somebody hit that shell. Two seconds later, it, it's now on <laughs> it the other, other side of the map. Yeah. 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 Um, then it, it gets a little frustrating, but for the most part, it's a fantastic game. Switch Online, however, got you know Nintendo, you've been around long enough. <laughs> uh, we're we're talking like thirty five years, thirty six <laughs> plus years. Like, well, uh, what, what, what are the, you're one of the trendsetters here. What are your, what uh, what are some of the the issues you have with Switch Online? I mean, I, obviously one of the first standout issues is voice communication. Uh, and the fact that the system itself doesn't do voice communication. Okay. That's 
that's fine i i guess but the this switch app that they that they want you to use um so that you can do voice chat it's it is a solution that is unnecessary for me because i know what discord is <laughs> right like i if if you and i are playing and it's just going to be you and me playing throughout the night i i don't think we would ever choose to use the switch online app again because discord is going to stay up it's going to keep us in the conversation every time we switched like matches in um in mario kart and i think i almost in smash like, every smash every every match it would it would kick us out of chat and then like throw us back in or something so it just that's too clunky that's too unnecessary the only reason i feel that the switch online app is beneficial is if you're playing with strangers playing with people you don't know if you're you know filling in to i guess splatoon 2 or <laughs> if you're allowing random people in your mario party match and you want to talk to those people then it's a common platform for all the people in the game like the the and and it and it knows what match you're in. It talks within the Nintendo network to know who is in your match with you so that they can add those people automatically into your conversation. But I don't I I don't know. When it when you're playing with friends, I would recommend using Discord over <laughs> over over the online app. I agree with that. The the the, the second thing I have issue with that. The second thing I have is the connecting to a multiplayer game. Um they uh, you can almost tell that it's that was it's an afterthought to find the quickest, easiest, most intuitive way to get folks who are friends with each other or strangers with each other into the same the same game. Uh, you know, going from Mario Party, having to, you know, you have to explore the map basically to get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, we're this is where you do multiplayer. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart, that one is more fairly straightforward because that's just out of the, the main menu. Smash Brothers, uh, that one is, is weird because although you follow the menus, you get to like what looks like a ring, like a, like a, <laughs> a wrestling ring. Yeah, like a wrestling ring. And there's like, um, there's like stands on one side. Now, I, I got to say... Like that's a it's a little clunky, but at the same time, I really like the idea if you have a large group of friends yeah. that are spread out and you want to play together because it gives you the option to spectate matches and or just drag your little pawn into the ring and then all of a sudden you're in that next match. And if if you if you think about it in terms of if you had a group of thirty friends at a house, not everybody is gonna be you know, playing in the same time, but you're going to have a whole bunch of people like watching and seeing what the other people are doing. And this, that, that, that menu simulates that a little bit mm -hmm. by letting you move in and out of matches and things like that and still have the opportunity to watch. So I, while it is a little clunky, like I don't completely hate it. Like I, yeah. I, th I think there's some value to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, I dig that idea as far as getting us to play 
in the most quick and efficient way, um, it's it's not it's not straightforward. Sure. Uh, yeah. And those are then that's three games that we, that we played. Yeah. Like at Xbox, you'd be like, oh, I want to play a multiplayer game. Press the Xbox button, and then you find your friend. You click join game. There you go. And you're playing together. <laughs> you're playing no. together. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but but that's Xbox, and you don't have Xbox Live anymore. So why why am I why am I even talking to you about it? I think I do. I'm. Uh, okay. I don't think it's expired yet oh good celeste is free this month and you should get it i just got it it's it's a fantastic game uh it was okay it was game of the year and uh, rightfully so my thing my thumb is i'm getting blisters on my thumb that's how much i've been playing it i got blisters on me fingers <laughs> um all right that's that's enough switch news uh switch is the reason i stopped pc gaming in december uh <laughs> um i haven't stopped i just i'm on pause uh, but, I will come back to Fallout 76. I promise it will happen. Family, at some point. family, and friends have have taken the sitting in front of a computer uh, away from us, really, for for the last last month. It's really absolutely. It's really what it boils down to. Um, but there is one thing <laughs> that I didn't miss any week, uh, which involves sitting in front of the computer and playing with my friends. And that's D and D. D and D news. So it's time to move into our D and D noobs segment. Uh, rounding out this episode, uh, we've had several sessions of D and D since the last episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm was released. Uh, and I, I, I don't feel compelled to give a thorough synopsis of what went down, uh, but I will say that we are coming very close to the end of our starter set campaign. Very close to the end. Yeah, I don't remember the last thing that we talked about <laughs> about uh, on this on apathetic enthusiasm. But needless to say, Healy, Lucius, and Beowak they went on adventures. They found themselves killing a bunch of bugbears. So many bugbears. Why are there so many bugbears in this damn campaign? Dude, I didn't. You know, I didn't write it. Um, I, I'm, I'm playing it as true as I can to the starter set. Um, and there's just a whole lot of bugbears. The black spider loves his bugbears. I, I remember the first time we, we, we came across some bugbears and, uh, it was in that first cave of the red brand hideout and we don't, me and Lucius. No, Crag, Cragmaw hideout. Oh yeah. That's, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and Lucius and I almost died fighting one on ourselves. <laughs> Beowak went running after Ratsis and, and avoided, narrowly avoided two other bugbears. And I was like, Oh shoot. I don't want to run into those things again. They might kill us next time. And now they're just the biggest damn inconvenience. <laughs> kill them. All right. But I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. This room has five of them. Yay. <laughs> let me yeah, I, let me I feel you. let me compel one of them to run over to the undead room. <laughs> which I'm like I'm like, DM, come on, let him go have him run that way. Uh which th- they did. Th- thank you he for thank did. you for pulling some punches, DM. Oh, oh 
punch pull. I do that. Travis. I do that far less often these days <laughs> than I did in our early days. But um, yeah, I I would just like to uh, you know, take a couple minutes just to ask you as as we are getting to the end, yeah, of the starter set campaign. Yeah, uh, I've already um invested in some additional D and D uh books and things like that because I I have really enjoyed uh playing through this over the last few months. Uh what are, what are your like major takeaways uh from your first experience with D&D now that we're a few months into it? Is there anything that you know, either caught you by surprise or um that you didn't really think you'd enjoy as much and then did or vice versa? Um any any thoughts going forward? Are you ready to quit? Uh no no I'm not not ready to quit no Travis no 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 cue get out meme of the no 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 um when when we started playing I in in Caulfield John we always call him Caulfield I think he can attest that the characters that we created at the start were not the characters that we had at the end. And a big part of that, I think, is we didn't know that necessarily we had to create those characters, and we didn't know how we would play. And Lush and Kevin can uh, attest to this, I'm sure, as well. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not singling you out of this, Kevin. You're, you're back in it. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we, we created characters, but we didn't know what our characters really were yet. Um, so I think going into any future campaign really take the time to establish who who they are so we can uh role play a little bit better. The other yeah. thing is um and this is worse for for Beowak played by John the the dwarf fighter, right? Dwarf fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh the combat com- I combat is kind of boring. <laughs> like combat is like not the most exciting portion of the game. Uh, it's not the most interesting por- portion of the game, especially for John, because he has two moves total, uh, which is which is swing, uh, the second wind, and defend. Uh, yeah, and protect. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then Kevin over there, the rogue, has two attacks. He's got sneak attack, and uh, and dash away or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i and and as for for me from a dm perspective i'm wondering if that's a hit on me because i'm not like i'm still learning to manage the combat like if i need if i need to do something to liven that up or if i don't know like i i i because i i concur with that sentiment like i think i think there are times when our combat can get very stale and repetitive um and so i'm i'm trying to figure out ways to to make that better yeah i i and i don't i don't know really what you can do and maybe it is something you can do but i don't know what it would be part of it is there's i i feel like and since this is our first campaign i don't know if this is true I feel like the three people in a party might be a little bit low for as many enemies as there are. And, uh, and that makes the fights a little bit more difficult than, than they would be normally, 
which means that sure. we're not allowed to take as many risks to do interesting things like, you know, do different type of ability checks. And, uh, uh, I, I, cause I, earlier in the, in the games, I could use my cantrips to try to like throw shadows and voices yeah. on the walls. I, I don't, yeah. I don't have time to do those things anymore because I'm worried that Lucius is going to get knocked out <laughs> and I have to heal the son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, and the reality is to, depending on our party and who the, who the people are that are playing different aspects of the game are going to become more appealing to you guys. So if you are really enjoying the role playing aspects of it in a situation where maybe I'm writing my own campaign for you guys to play through, I am not going to make it heavy on the combat side. I'm, I'm much more likely to, write something that involves you guys talking to uh you know a lot of different people maybe you're not fighting your way through a dungeon as much as you're communicating your way through or or maybe having to solve puzzles yeah or 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 encounters that require like certain certain certain, more than your yeah like more than your strength yeah with ability you know uh things with with perception or things with acrobatics or um things that like one class is better suited for uh and and that that way it it gets all the three players involved in different ways at different times so they're invested in in the end game um yeah. and and I also I would I, in in reference to you talking about the characters you created um I would really like the next time we play through something and we're we're picking new characters to actually like roll our characters like almost manually um and 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 kind of build those characters based on how we want to play them and and not necessarily just like let a machine do all of it and then maybe we fill in a little backstory but um actually kind of develop those characters uh ourselves so that we can put more of ourselves into who the character is going to be. You saying instead of uh, instead of rolling the die, and then it says wisdom fourteen, we say, well, we want we want this class to be fairly, you know, fairly wise, uh, but kind of stupid. So <laughs> let's 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 have wisdom. I mean, like I mean, I I think we we put some trust in the dice uh, as intended, but also like focus more on those other aspects of the character as well not just you know what are their uh baseline stats but also like like build build, oh, build well, the characters based off of the stats uh and, and that rather than there's just being numbers you yeah. you can build around the fact that his wisdom's high but his intelligence is low like what sure. what kind of what kind of person or what kind of being is extremely wise yet incredibly dumb. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, all right. Well, I, I mean, we were wrapping up the starter set campaign, uh, the, the lost mine of Fandolin. Uh, but the, the plan going forward for us is to take a brief intermission from this campaign or, or complete departure from it, uh, potentially, and give Brandon a hey, chance hey. 
to uh, tr- try his hand at DMing a little bit uh, by doing a couple of one shots uh, over over a couple of sessions. My my pitch uh, to the group, and I, and I'll and I'll say this to the other party members as well, is uh, to do full recordings of those sessions and release them as standalone episodes. Uh, not necessarily as apathetic enthusiasm episodes, but maybe just as bonus content, uh, either over on Patreon or, uh, just maybe on this podcast feed. Uh, but so that if you're really interested in hearing a full session of us D and D noobs, um, I feel like that's a great way, uh, for you guys to check it out. And then beyond that, we'll have to figure out. Uh, where we go if maybe maybe I'll kill you guys all off at the end of this one so you don't feel <laughs> any 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 uh, requirement to to keep let me let me, let me t- to keep your characters going or, or or maybe I'll think of something more creative let me that. let me let me talk about let me talk about killing off your characters Travis let's talk about that for one second <laughs> we uh we we so here's where we are in the campaign. We killed the black spider and we saved Tharden, uh Gundren's brother out of oh, yep. over at Wave Echo Cave. Wave, Wave Echo yep. Cavern, whatever. Yep, you killed the black spider who for the last couple of months has been toted as the big bad guy who is <laughs> pulling the strings behind the scenes and and constantly causing mischief and w- trying to trying to kill you all. I wasn't even going to I wasn't even going to to bring up the fact that it was such a <laughs> anticlimactic battle where uh, it was awful. He, I mean, he, it was really bad. He tried convincing Lucius, Biowak, and Healy to go into the room with him, and somehow we talked him into be like, "No, no, no, no. Go go away. Go. We want to make sure Tharden's okay." So he he goes into the other room and we're and we're not in the in this main room yet we're all just still in the, the hallway and Bwack and i or healy we know it's a trap we know it's a trap why else would he want us to go in that room and give us such a hard time about it um but as as john and i are wont to do we bullshit for too long which makes <laughs> kevin an impatient and so he rushes into the room immediately and not just kevin all the time let me let me make that clear it doesn't just make Kevin impatient. When I'm sitting here as the DM and you've opened the door to reveal the the boss of this campaign and all of you stand in the doorway. Hey, no, we're good out here. Hey, how's it going? And I'm like legit having to be like, why don't you come in here and we'll talk about this? You're like, nope. We'll just stand by this little bottleneck. Why don't you We're come out good. here? Why don't you come out here? Um, so, uh, so Lucius rushes in, uh, immediately gets uh, immobilized by a bunch of spider webs, and then the black spider, the big bad, teleports or or sneaks in right in front of him, right in front of the melee character. Um, first mistake. Also, the two bugbears that were his bodyguards. They didn't show back up until <laughs> until the black spider was dead, basically. Um, yeah, he was almost dead. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 be real. I played the black spider as badly as I possibly could. It was <laughs> uh, he he disengaged from uh, encounters uh, in both cases, losing uh, 
nearly a quarter of his health. Um, I I got really close to melee characters as a spellcaster, and uh, and I didn't use his muscle, the two bugbears, <laughs> almost at all. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much played him as poorly as you could. But but in- and it made it and made for a pretty terrible fight in your defense we would have died in that fight because there was also four spiders plus the two bugbears plus the black spider himself we we would have been dead and i'm i'm fine with admitting that uh now as for almost dying um (laughs) in that room there's a giant statue with two green gems these are all spoilers by the way if you plan on playing the starter set uh, realize uh, this is this is how the final fight goes this, down. Yeah, this is how the final fight goes down. Sorry, everybody. Uh, two green gems, and they're fake. We we investigated them. They're fake. We fight. We did everything. We go save Tharden. Uh, we come back, and then Tharden, played by the the DM, uh, says, "Hey, look at those! Look at those gems!" And 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 I say out loud, like, I think they were fake, but that was actually me saying it so other people can confirm that. And then they they were like, uh, yeah, I think that's what we talked about. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll go investigate it again. And yes, they were in fact fake. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like, again, you had a great role. And I was like, yes, you can see <laughs> that these are clearly fakes. They have no value. I think I even said you can see on them where the green paint is painted on the glass to make it appear like an emerald though it is clearly not one but i wanted them and (laughs) so i so i i did a pretty good strength roll and i don't know what what i was rolling against but i got that gem out which immediately made the trap happen and the room (laughs) fall apart knocking me and tharden out uh and Bewak and Lucius, Kevin and John, they made it made it out. And then they then they bullshat for like <laughs> like they they're trying to I had this green gem in my hand and they wanted uh, Bewak wanted to like cut my wrist off with an axe to get this green gem out of my hand. Well, green glass. And and then he lost the 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 strength check against my clenched fist. Um, and eventually they got this green gem and then saved my life. That's what they did. They, they stole my gem and then saved my life. And then this asshole, Bioak, he smashes my gem. He smashes my gem. And it it, smashes your worthless piece of glass. It wasn't worthless. I went through hell to get that thing. (laughs) Uh, And it's in it. It sparked the biggest fight that Beowak and Lucius or uh, that Healy have ever had. And it's it's a big wedge issue with them. Uh, Healy ended up tripping Beowak just kind of like a dumb and dumber move, like where he just like flaps him. Yeah. At the top of the stairs, which led him to fall down the stairs. I really wish that was legit a moment where if I had been a a harsh dm <laughs> Beowak definitely could have died yeah. in that moment he he because he had almost no health and the attack that you made on him uh and the rolls that that followed 
should have taken at least one HP, which is, I think, about where he was sitting. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I knew that that's what I was expecting as a as a as a player. I knew what I was doing timing wise, <laughs> just out of spite on on tra- on John, because I wanted him to lose that one HP and, and get knocked out, <laughs> uh, and and then I would go down there and I would I would you know I would uh, save the dying. And I would make sure he didn't die, but I wanted it to happen so bad. <laughs> yeah. Fuck All that right. Guy. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's my gem. Uh, that's my gem. <laughs> that's mine. Uh, I, I, I am going to attempt in, in the coming weeks to, uh, to explore D and D a little bit more, um, with some, some folks that I know in the local area, uh, to try and, uh, improve my, understanding of of how to be a good dm and and while i'm doing that uh i'm gonna let you do it so uh (laughs) excited for your one shots excited to uh to experience dmd from the player perspective and uh and if you guys are interested in any of that eh, let's face it if you're still listening to this conversation (laughs) uh then definitely make sure you check out uh some one shot episodes that that will try to get released for you guys uh, coming up, uh, yeah, and that's and that's pretty much the D and D recap. That, we get to play it. tomorrow. Yeah, uh, as the, as the time of this recording, we get to do this again tomorrow. We so we we've been saying for like the last two months, like this is the last session, probably. It's gonna be it. This this gonna be this it. gonna be it. Uh, so I expect two more sessions at the most. Yeah. Of- My prediction for the next session is you guys enter a room with a finely carved <laughs> table and you spend two hours trying to pull it out of wave echo cave. Let me, let me tell you those, those waking up conversations are the best conversations. Uh, I, uh, we talk about combat being boring and going back to that, that point, the conversations that me and John have um, are just, they're just great. And I, and Kevin gets in on them. He does, but then he loses interest and he's like, Okay, let's move on. Let's do. Let's yeah. let's go forward. He's he's like he, I'm willing to play along for a little bit here, guys. <laughs> but then at some point, he's like, "All right, it's time to move." Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very like the the custom campaign is gonna involve like you know some sort of uh, congressional debate <laughs> or something. It's like you guys like the main the main quest will be you guys presenting your case. No in front of the senate uh <laughs> no, on 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 dwarven affairs no no like joke john and i have talked and he's like i am i'm gonna do my one shot i'm gonna have no combat and it's gonna be all talking <laughs> <laughs> uh and i i think i would thoroughly enjoy that yeah so um again a very interesting game D D is and uh if you have any tips or points for us uh, please hit us up at uh, apathetic enthusiasm at apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com or on any of the other social media platforms that we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, I think that's it. That I think that's it for this episode. It's good to be back, Brandon. It's good to be it's back. Good to be pod- it's good to be podcasting again for another year, 2019, which marks, is this our fourth year podcasting uh yeah it, it certainly would seem that way 2015 to 2019 holy cannoli holy moly it's almost more years than i've known you i don't know how, I, how that would work <laughs> that, do, that doesn't work but uh <laughs> if if you've been listening to us 
over the course of four years. Thank you so much for listening. If you are a brand new listener to this podcast, thanks for checking it out. Thank you for uh, hanging out and listening to the whole show. If you haven't done so already, uh, please head over to uh, Apple Podcast and give this podcast a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about the episodes. If you uh, have a friend that might enjoy this podcast as well, then be sure to uh, refer to them. Let them know uh, that you enjoy listening and share it on social media so that other people can find it as well. Uh, we appreciate every listener to this podcast. This this podcast has really become uh, sort of a labor of love for us and an opportunity for me and Brandon to hang out and have these conversations. So uh, the fact that you enjoy them as well uh, is just really um, inspiring to us. So thank you so much for, for checking it out. And uh, Brandon, I, I give you the final word. What, what, what else do you have to say? I have one last thing to say. And we, we've never on this show gotten into the habit of, of reading reviews uh, because we get so few of them, maybe. Uh, but I want I wanted to to throw this out there. Uh, we got an iTunes review back in October of 2018. That was last year, so long All ago. All the way back last year. Jeez. New yeah. new to the podcast. It's titled by Waterton JCB. Travis and Brandon, I'm extremely huge fans of your Rick and Morty podcast. I've been listening to that podcast for the longest time, and I've been meaning to add this podcast to my playlist. Let's just say that I enjoy it even more. Oh, wait. Maybe we talked about this one. Right? We did. Oh, shit. Well, I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked oh, about it on the show. Okay. Well, hey, Waterton JCB, let's finish this up. If you're ever in the Asheville, North Carolina area, I would enjoy to talk Rick and Morty and buy you all a few beers. This is just Unity talking from Asheville. Take care, VR Jacob. That's very respectfully. Yeah. Very respectfully. Yeah. Uh, if, Much respect. If we, if we, if we talked about that before... Hey, guess what? Jacob, you get that shit again. Double shout out. <laughs> uh, also, Levi Monspraz, Terry Wolf, The Max. Imagine if John... Okay, I'm just listing off the... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, thank, thank you to anyone that's left a review. Uh, and, and, you know, if you haven't done that yet, yeah, go, go give it a shot. Go give it. Uh, that, is, that is it for us. This week, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Apathetic Enthusiasm. Until then, you can check out Submitted for Your Approval, Ooh, a Time Zone podcast over on Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, season three is up with a special guest, uh, me. <laughs> I, I, I come back for, for another Twilight Zone episode. Uh, and then we'll be rolling right along with the last couple episodes of season two rewatches for Rick and Morty over on Intermensional RSS. You can check those out and then find out what we decide to do <laughs> as we all wait for season four, hopefully this year in 2019. Yes. Uh, until then, I'm Brandon. I'm oh, shit. Uh, oh. I am also Ow. Brandon. We screwed it up. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm still Travis. Okay. And that's it. We'll see you next time. See you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 